Dear friends, grace, mercy, peace, and every blessing to you on this holy day of Christmas. Amen. Please be seated. Despite what the bulletin is telling you this morning, I am not the Reverend Carolyn Smith Parkinson. Uh, unless something really significant happened overnight, that's not who I am. I'm Father Richard Wineland. I'm the pastor and uh, coordinator uh, for the Breaking Bread at Six community that uh, gathers here at the cathedral on Sunday evenings. And uh, blessing to be here with you on, on Christmas Day. <clears throat> for the first thousand years of Christianity, the birth of Jesus was a, I don't want to say it was ignored, but it was a minor feast. The primary focus of the liturgical year in that stretch of, of time, that thousand years from the beginning in the early church until the 13th century was Easter uh, with the events of Holy Week leading up to Easter to the celebration, uh, to the walking through the events of Jesus' suffering and execution and the resurrection. And again, Christmas was a minor feast until the 13th century when a new voice was heard, causing a stir and shaking things up, one Francesco of Assisi. Like Jesus of Nazareth, a small town boy, Francesco. Francis had a different understanding or vision or dream of, the, uh, of God's plan for redemption. And, and although he acknowledged that Easter was important, of course, the cross, the resurrection, Francis dreamed that God's salvation plan was, was more wholly realized if we also include and acknowledge and celebrate the resurrection or the incarnation of Jesus. And it was Francis, uh, frankly, and his followers, the Franciscan brothers, and then the poor Clares, uh, the, 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 the women's religious order, who really, they were the ones who really began to popularize the celebration of Christmas. In fact, probably most of you know this, Francis of Assisi was the first person to, to create a creche uh, for teaching purposes. To, most people didn't read, and, and it was a way of, of showing them exactly what happened on that holy day of Christmas. <clears throat> We've heard from three of the four gospel writers in the past few weeks of the season. Matthew on the Sundays of Advent. Uh, yesterday on Christmas Eve, we heard from, from Luke. Uh, now on Christmas Day, we hear from the Apostle John. The first three of the four Gospels are called synoptic Gospels, meaning that they, 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 uh, they have a synergy between them. They, 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 uh, they sort of track together. They cover a lot of the same stories and the same events. But John is different. John, maybe it's because John wrote much later, 50 years after the other three Gospels, uh, even the grammar and the word choices in John's gospel, we are told, are different than those in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The, the language of John's gospel is, is more sophisticated, if you will, more high-flown, um, and much of it reads like poetry. John's gospel is more um, theological, if you will, and I'm not really sure 
what I mean by saying that, but I guess I, I partly mean John seems to have a, a, a bigger horizons in mind when he is writing about Jesus, a, a bigger perspective, a, more of a balcony view than, than Matthew and Mark and Luke. You know, John doesn't begin his gospel with the, with the details, you know, the manger, the wise men, the birth narrative, Jesus' ancestors and lineage. He doesn't tell us the specific name of the Roman governor of Judea. None of that. John begins somewhere else. He goes all the way back, in fact. All the way back to the beginning. In the beginning, writes John, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And, and, the, and the word for word here is logos in Greek, meaning uh, the mind of God, the, 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 the spiritual intellect of God, the, the dream of God was with God in the beginning, and that was Jesus. John takes us back all the way all the way back to Genesis 1.1, when things were created. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and with God He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm a musician. But John chapter 1, uh, it's, it sounds a lot to me like an overture, like you'd have before a Broadway show or an opera. It, it hints at great themes that are to come. And, and for me, it, it literally sings, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. It's got like a drumbeat to it, a cadence, a rhythm, and it, it, it moves right toward what I will call John's leitmotif. For those of you who, who know that phrase from music, the, 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 the core of John's message, chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory. Just like Isaiah commanded us this morning, uh, break forth together into singing. Start singing that overture together. And in our psalm today, we heard, sing to the Lord a new song with the harp and the voice, with the trumpets and the horn. Let the rivers clap their hands. Now Luke was a historian. He was very careful about getting details right locating everything in time and space. Matthew, a little more traditional. He was a Jewish man. He, was, he wanted to make it clear that Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Scriptures about the coming of the Messiah and that, and that Jesus was the one. And then, then though comes John. And as I said, John is more like a, like a poet or a songwriter or, or a mystic. He's not too concerned about the historical details. 
Instead, he writes more of the meaning of Jesus' birth. But he's ultimately telling the same story. All three are saying the same thing. Regardless of the circumstances, the details, the language, the chronology, who was present and who wasn't at whatever uh, happened, the one who was present with God at creation is now present with us. The Logos, the dream of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Not just God with uh, with a people suit on. You know, that was one of the heresies of the early church. Well, you know, probably a residue left over from Greek and Roman understanding of the gods. The gods can't really come down and be one of us. You know, it can't be that Jesus, God Almighty, was, was human. It, he was walking around, he was like an apparition. He only, he only seemed to be God. A great heresy in the early church. But that's not the truth of it. The truth of it is Jesus was fully human, fully divine. God, John uses soaring words for what is arguably the most down-to-earth thing that ever happened, God becoming flesh. And I believe Blessed Francis was right. It is, it is important and valid and, and critical for us to embrace the incarnation just as we embrace the truth of Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection. Incarnation, incarne in Latin, in the flesh. Literally, the first words that came out of John the Baptist's mouth was, the kingdom of God has come near. Literally, the first sermon Jesus ever preached in his public ministry, the kingdom of God is among you. As the Christmas hymn we just sang proclaims, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. I was thinking of a, a, it's sort of an iconic story about a four-year-old girl who believed that there were monsters under the bed and she woke up one night and was scared and ran down the hallway and found her mother and, and her mother calmed her down and led her back to her own room and told her, you don't have to be afraid. God is in your room with you. To which the little girl replied, I know God is here, but right now I need somebody with skin on. We thought God was out there, but we were mistaken. God is here. It's, it's outrageously illogical, counterintuitive, crazy upside down, but the irony and the beauty of it is that it is a helpless baby who will save us all and who will save the world. The humble birth of Jesus has God's fingerprints all over it. God always accomplishes his purposes from the bottom up. God says, I am not impressed by rulers and armies, by power, by politics, by money, by beauty, by talent. God uses almost without exception the weak and the poor and the vulnerable and the powerless, the uneducated, the fearful, the forgotten, 
to accomplish God's will. The Marys, the Josephs, the unnamed shepherds, the Simon Peters who denied their Lord, the Francescos from a small town. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who lived in a land of deep darkness. My people, says Almighty God, you who have walked in darkness for so long, you don't have to be holy, perfect, powerful, well-spoken, or worthy. You don't have to earn my favor or my grace. You are beloved, every one of you. St. Paul said it so well. He said, in Christ there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no male, there is no female, there is no old or young, slave or free, gay or straight, for you all are one. And declares the maker of heaven and earth, you don't have to work your way up to me. You don't have to find me. I will come to you. I don't know what the circumstances of your life are this Christmas. You may be celebrating. You may be hopeful and optimistic. You may still be experiencing a pandemic hangover. The sun may be shining for you, or you may be stumbling in the darkness. I have had some great Christmases, and I've had some bad ones. I've had ones I wished would never end, and I've had ones that I could hardly bear. Whatever is before you, I say this to you, you are not alone. I don't know what you've lost, what you grieve for. I don't know what you're celebrating. I don't know what the new year will bring to you. But be assured, you are not forgotten. You are beloved. Emmanuel, God with us, God with us, God with us. The one who has been from the beginning has come near and will stay. Amen.